Parshas Nitzavim. This week is Parshas Nitzavim, the last Shabbos of the year before Rosh Hashanah, right before Rosh Hashanah. Uh, Parshas Nitzavim is almost always read together with Parshas Vayelach, uh, but this year it's separate. This year because it was a leap year and because of the way the year falls out. So this is one of those years that Nitzavim and Vayelach are separated. In fact, they're so much seen as one that the way the Rambam says it, he says really they're one and they're sometimes separated. He says others are two and sometimes they're put together. He says these are really like one and sometimes they're separated. But so two very short parashiyos. Nitzavim is 40 psukim, Vayelach is 30 psukim. Um, but nevertheless, each parsha is powerful on its own, and some of the most powerful psukim in the Torah are in this short parsha of Nisavim, um, and some of them very related to the time that we're in. So let's look at a couple of psukim. Um, of course, Nisavim comes as an aftermath to Kisavo, which was last week, which was all the techicha, the uh, rebukes of the curses, and the beginning of Nisavim also is pretty tough. You know, it talks about the difficulties that will befall us. But then we have the ultimate promise of redemption comes from this week's parsha of Geula. Let's read some of those psukim. In Perak Lame Pasik Aleph, The blessings, the curses, all will befall you. That I have placed before you. You'll take to heart that you're exiled, and you're exiled amongst all the nations of the worlds where Hashem has sent you. Vishafta ad Hashem you'll return to Hashem. Within Golos, within exile, you'll recognize the, you know, the, where your ways have led you. You'll return to Hashem, the Shemaita, and listen or hearken to His voice. As everything that I've commanded to you, you, your children, with all your heart and all your soul. So the Pasuk is telling us that in Golos there will come a time when we will do tshuva. Rambam writes, Hifticha Torah. Torah promised that at the end we're going to do tshuva. That's an amazing concept. Torah is telling us, yes, there's going to be curses, and yes, there's going to be difficulties, and yes, there's going to be golos, but the Jewish people will never be lost. You will do tshuva. And then it says, the shav Hashem Hashem will gather in the exiled. V'richamecha, He'll be merciful to you. V'shav v'kibetzcha mikolamim, He'll gather you in from all the nations. Asher efitzcha Hashem shama, that Hashem has spread you to, uh, throughout. Even if you'll be far flung to the corners of the heavens, from there Hashem will gather you, from there Hashem will take you. Where will He take us to? God will bring us to the land that our ancestors inherited, you will inherit it. And he'll give you goodness, v'hirbacha, and more plentiful, plentifulness, me'avosecha than your fathers. And this is where the Torah promises us, that yes, golos will be, but there will be ge'ula, there will be redemption after the golos, there will come a time of tshuva, and there will come a time of ge'ula. Um, interestingly, Rambam, when the Rambam writes that for sure Mashiach is going to come, and he says, a person who doesn't believe in the coming of the Mashiach, he says, is, uh, is considered a kofir, a heretic, because it's one of the pr- principles of our faith. So where in the Torah does it say Mashiach will come? The Rambam cites three sources from the Torah. When I say Torah, I mean the Chumash. Three sources from Chumash and for the coming of Mashiach. The first is these verses. In Parshas Mitzavim. Right, he, that's the first? That's the first that he cites, the Rambam. Later he cites the um, prophecies of Bilam. And then he recites the mitzvah of Ari Mikla, the cities of refuge that never happened, the additional three that will be when Mashiach will come. But it's interesting, 
in the Torah, this is the last. Nitzavim is the last. And yet the Rambam cites this as source number one. And the reason he cites this as source number one, even though it's the last in the order of the Torah, is because it's the clearest. It's a straight-out promise. It's not like uh, the Nevuas of Bilam that are allegoric. Is it contingent on that we return? It says that Hashem, Ad, Ad Hashem. They, right. They, so, he, so, so Rambam says that Hashem is promising here that there will come a time when we will do tshuva and that he's telling us that he's going to redeem us. Because he doesn't say, if you will do tshuva, I'm going to redeem you. He says it's going to happen. He says you're going to be in Galos and it's going to be tough and you will do tshuva and you will be redeemed. So again, Rambam cites this as source number one. Now, there's an interesting discussion amongst the commentaries, which is, why couldn't one argue that, true, this is a promise, but maybe it happened already? When might it have happened already? When we went to build, when we built the second base on English. Because after all, we were sent into exile, we were sent into Gullus, and then we did some level of tshuva, and came along Ezra and Nechemi, and they took us back. Yeshif didn't come. Well, who says? Well, so that, that's the question. Because why couldn't one argue, if these verses are the source in the Torah, the primary source in the Torah, that there is a geula that we're waiting for, which is what Rambam says. Remember, Rambam is written, uh, you know, a thousand years after the second Beis HaMikdash. So, clearly, the Rambam says, Mashiach has still got to come, and he's pointing to these verses. The question is, why couldn't one argue that these verses already happened and it's a done deal. And Hashem didn't say Mashiach is going to come again we and again. It was a permanent deal. So, we, again, we, where in these verses is it indicated that this hasn't happened yet? So the Mepharshim give different explanations to it. I want to run through them. First you have Ramban. Ramban, in his commentary to Torah, he says, this says Hashem is going to bring you guys back. How many of us went back when they built the second Mesemitah? Right now. Not just not all. The Ramban says less than fifteen percent of the Jewish That's people. Ezra. Yeah, because the ten tribes never came back. The ten Shvatim never came back. It was only part of the two tribes that came back. Ramban says it was less than than a sixth of the nation. He says clearly this pasuk is saying Hashem is going to bring you back. It doesn't mean bring it back a couple of people. So that's Ramban's take on this. Um, others for him, there's a sefer, the Kiria, there's a sefer called Kiria Sefer on the Rambam, written by uh, his name is Rav Moshe Tirani, who is, uh, again, also from the sages of Tzfas, of that period, or Yosef Cairo, of that period was just so rich. So this, uh, he writes, uh, one of the uh, very uh, important sefer on the Rambam. He writes these other points. First of all, he says, this Pasuk describes Hashem gathering us up from all over. That didn't happen then. Are you reading something inside now? No. I mean, on my paper, I wrote, Madua Why couldn't one explain this already happened when they came back from Bavel? Are you with me? Yeah. So first I quoted Ramban, Parshas Bechukosai. That was the first answer I gave. Can you read some of the words? Yes. On the line before, This is the promise for the coming redemption. Good? Harambam Mone Oser Rishon, Mibain Haftachas Hagula. The Rambam counts this as the first of the source three. of the promises of redemption. First of the three? Yes. First yes. of the three. Yet, this was mentioned the last in the, in the Seder. Correct. The Correct. First of the three. Yeah. Okay. Then we have the question of why couldn't one explain Madua Yeshul Afarish Shekvar Korah Baha Aliyah Mibavah that this already happened. So Madua Yeshul Afarish Shekvar Korah Yeah, happened. Baha so I'm just quoting different sources that give different answers. Yeah. So the Ramban was the first one, Ramban Aparshas Bechukosai. And he said, because this is um, referring to everyone coming back, not a small minority of the Jewish people. <coughs> um, additional answers are in the Kiryas Sefer, 
which is written by the Mabit, again, Reb Moshe of Trani. Um, he writes that these psukim are talking about gathering from everywhere, from the four corners of the earth, from the far flung to the corners of the heaven. Then we just came straight back from Bava. So th- this is not something that happened yet. We're talking about nowadays, Mashiach will come, he's got a job, right? Because right. we aren't we? Right? And that's what this passage is clearly talking about, a time when it's bringing back from everywhere. Would it also be that when a sheikh comes, there's a Tchiyasa Mason? There was no Tchiyasa Mason. Okay, but these psukim don't talk about Tchiyasa Mason. The question is, how can you say that these psukim are the source if these psukim don't say that? So what we have to do, we have to look into these psukim and see how these psukim have to be referring to something that didn't happen yet. The curious Sefer gives another answer. Because these psukim say that the goodness and plentifulness of the time will exceed that of our ancestors. The second base of Mikdash was not better than the way it was earlier. To the contrary. Much worse. No, the, first of all, the second base of Mikdash didn't have independence. Right? They were under the, uh, the Persians, then they were under the Greeks, and then you had Antiochus. There wasn't a good time in the second base of Mikdash. And also, the first base of Mikdash was a magnificent structure built by Shlomo HaMelech. Second base of Mikdash was a small building, you know, at least for the first few hundred years until Herod got to it. The, the, the uh, Medr says that the Skanim, the elders who saw the building of the second Beis Amikdash cried. This is a Beis Amikdash. You know, so the second Beis Amikdash, it was nicer than being in Bavel. But in no way was it greater than the way it was when we came with Yeshua, David HaMalach, Shlomo HaMalach. No way. So the Kiryas Sefer says, so these things didn't happen yet. This is talking about something greater. The size was different? No, no. The size was more or less the same, but the first was a golden structure, yeah, okay. a magnificent structure. The second base Amikdash was a pretty poor structure. Again, they just it was wood. It was basic, very, very basic. They weren't. They, they were. Just, they had permission from the Persians to build a base Amikdash. It wasn't like Shlomo Melech, who was a you know king, a monarch with a tremendous wealth, right? In, so, so what Taki doesn't mean that it's going to be greater than it was. So fine, well, Mashiach will come. In what way will it be greater than the first base Amikdash, which was magnificent? So the Talmud Yerushalmi asks the question. It says, Ve'etiv chamirba, it'll be greater in what way? And the Talmud Yerushalmi says a very short, concise answer. He says, because this one won't be destroyed. <laughs> That's greater. You know, you know, how nice the building is is one deal, but this is the real deal. It's the third base Amikdash. This one's not going anywhere. That's Ve'etiv chamirba chamavisacha. That's going to be greater than ever before. That obviously didn't happen in the second base Amikdash. So, because of all of these reasons, the Mepharshim say that that's why Rambam sees this as the ultimate statement of the Torah of a coming redemption that hasn't come yet. This is where Hashem promises yes, there's Golos, and yes, there's the curses, and yes, there's all the Torahs, but I'm not forsaking you. You're going to come home, and there's going to be a base Amikdash, and it's going to be greater than ever. This is the promise of this week's Parsha. Now, there is a beautiful Rashi in the next paragraph. On the words, Vishav Hashem Alokecha Es Now, loosely translated, it means Hashem will gather in those who are exiled. But there's a Hebrew grammar issue here. Anyone going to pick up? Vishav is that he's returning. It should say, no, not question of singular, it should say Vishav, he's bringing us back. But who's going out of Golos? Right? It, it would seem that it was to say that Hashem will return and bring back the captives or bring back the exiles. But it says Hashem, which again sounds like Hashem will come back from Golos. 
He himself. Isn't that what we see that Hashem is also with us? Ah, says Rashi. Oh. And that's, that comes from this Rashi. Seemingly, the Pasuk should have said that he will return, he will ingather, you know, the captives. Raboseinu lomdu mikan. Our rabbis, our masters, learn from here. Shashchina kaviyachol shruya im Yisrael b'tzarus galusam. That the shchina itself, the divine presence, is present with us in the difficulty, in the pain of galus. Ukesheni galin, and when we will be redeemed, hichtiv geula laatzmo, saying that I will be redeemed. Shahu yashuv imahem that he, Hashem himself, will return with us. And that's alluded to in that Pasuk, Vishav Hashem, he will return from Golas together with us. One second, before you throw Hashem into that, Vishav Hashem, how do you read it? Simple. Again, so the loose translation yeah. is Hashem will return us. So how do you, he, right, but then, so that's how you read, Vishav, he, he will return us? Right. Hashem Shav, Hashem Elokecha, Vishav Es Shibusach. Vishav Hashem Elokecha. Hashem will return as Shavuscha, the captives. Yeah. That's the loose translation. Grammatically, there's a problem, though. Because it should have said, Veheshiv, that he will return us. So Veshav makes him part of the returning process. And that's where our Rebbe's got this idea. He will return us. Start with that. He will return us. A singular him. He's doing the... He's at the control center. He's returning us. That's what's fine to me. Because... In Hebrew, if he was doing something to us and he's not part well, of it, it would say Veheshev. Oh. And it says Veshev. That's the problem. Oh. That's where Rabbi Seinu say that the Shekhinah is with us in Golas. I see. Right? Ve'od Yeshlomar. An additional answer Rashi gives. Shagadol Yom Kibbutz Goliath. Ubekoshi. That the, the great day of the ingathering of the exiles is so difficult, so to speak, it's as if Hashem has to go to every person and pull him out of Golis. You know, people, people might be so entrenched in Golis that even if, you know, Mashiach's here already, they still need to be schlepped out. It says, unbelievable says, as if Hashem has to go and hold each person by the hand, and take everyone out of their place. As the Pasuk says in Yeshayahu, Va'atem teluktu le'echad echad b'nei Yisrael, you will be gathered one by one, Klal Yisrael. So that, Rashi says, is the second explanation why it says Hashem will be returning, because he's going to actively have to go and schlep everyone out. Not so cute. No, not cute. It's Rashi. This is Rashi, not a, not a cute shot. And, but he's telling us, of both Pirushim, both Pshatim, obviously talk about the tremendous, it's tremendous chizuk for Klal Yisrael. To know, A, that Hashem didn't like send us to Golis and he's, you know, sitting in Yerushalayim, you know, in the Waldorf. If Hashem sends us to Golis, he's in Golis with us. And when it's time to go out of Golis, he's going to pull everyone out of Golis. You know, we have the, the singers today of the song, No Jew Will Be Left Behind, right? And that, that comes from this, from these Madrashim. That when it comes to the Gula Shlem, it's different than Golis of Mitzrayim. Right? When you left Mitzrayim, so, you know, so if you didn't want, you didn't come. Right? According to some Adrashim, uh, only, uh, only 20% of the Jewish people left Mitzrayim. But, but that's before Matan Torah. Now Hashem says, no, no, no I, I'm, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after every single Yid. And these are two Pirushim and Vishav. Now, there's an interesting comment here. And that is, this concept that Hashem is in Golos with us, one might argue we already read earlier in the Torah. 
Because when's the first appearance of Hashem to, the, to a Yid ever? Or to, to Moshe Rabbeinu? In the Sneh. Excellent thought. Why in the thorn bush? Why did, why did Hashem appear to Moshe Rabbeinu the first time in the thorn bush? Why not in the rose garden? Right? So Rashi says, and this is the next paragraph, so Rashi in the beginning of Shemos, Mitoch HaSneh, a thorn bush, below Ilan Acher, not a different tree. Mishum Imo Anochi Bitsara. Hashem said, you guys are, are in pain, I'm in pain too. So I'm in a thorn bush. So that's really, so that's your so, connection between. The so seemingly, these concepts are quite similar, yeah. right? Hashem, so Rashi already told us in, in the beginning of Chumash Shemos that if we're in trouble, Hashem's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Hashem is in the snatch. Hashem is in the thorn bush. So then, what's the chiddush? What's the what's the addition of the new concept that Hashem is in Golos with us? Because if, if Rashi said something already three Chumashim ago and he's telling us something new, there's got to be something a greater chiddush in what he's saying now. We have to call us was our fault and our sins, and even though we were the cause of it, Hashem still went with us. Nice, very nice work, very nice work. Then it wasn't really their fault; it was before Matan Torah, and still nice work, very nice. I like that, I like that. Let me give a different angle. You know, you could say we're in Golos; it bothers him very much. He's in a lot of pain. That doesn't mean he's with us here in Golos. The fact that he's in a snap might be saying, "You guys are having a difficult time. I'm having a difficult time." Like, like a father whose children are suffering somewhere. Chas v'sholem. My child is the other side of the world they're suffering. I feel terrible. I feel in pain too. But I'm not with them in their place of pain. That's the Chiddush of this week's Pasha. When Hashem said, Imo nochi So if you guys are in Mitzrayim, I, 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 I hang out in the thorn bush to show you that I'm also, I'm empathizing with your pain. I also have your pain. That's one madriga. But then in our Pasha, Hashem is saying something deeper. He's saying, not only I'm in pain, wherever you are, I'm there. If you're in Golas, I'm right there at your right side. I'm in Golas with you, and until Mashiach comes, until Geula, I'll be with you, and then we'll come back together. And that's perhaps a greater Kiddush, in this parsha over that. There he just said, I'm in pain. Now he said, I'm with you in your pain. And that's the Kiddush of our parsha when he talks about the ultimate redemption, saying that until that point, he is right here with us in Gullus in whatever Gullus we are in and even though as you said Jeff even though it's sort of our fault that we're here but still he says it doesn't matter whatever it is I'm there with you I'm sorry no I just I still don't see where you see the Mashiach in it says Hashem's going to do this Hashem's going to do this ah you're saying he doesn't talk about the person right very good very good these Psukim are talking about the era of redemption the concept of Kibbutz Gullus when it comes to the actual that will be through a person for that we have other Psukim like when Bilam said he said Bilam talks about the person Mashiach. So you're right, Mashiach is a put together of a person and an era and a time. This Psukim are talking more about the era than the person. Excellent point. In fact, according to some of Farshim, that's why the Ramam doesn't suffice with bringing only this Pirush, only this Psukim. He also brings Bilam to add right. that, add, add that uh, angle. Okay, we have a little time. I wanted to touch on something else from the Parsha. You still have a couple of minutes and something more connected specifically to Rosh Hashanah, which we're just on the brink of in a couple of days. And that is a few psukim later in the Parsha, right? What we read was Pasuk Aleph through Hay. If we skip a couple of psukim, we go to Pasuk Yud Aleph, which is the next thing on the page. Pasuk says, Ki mitzvah hazos, this mitzvah, asher anochi mitzavcha hayom, that I am commanding you today, lo nifleisi mimcha v'lo rechokahi. It's not wondrous, it's not distant. Sometimes we look at Torah mitzvahs and think, wow, that's impossible, I can't do that. Impossible. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, no, no, no. Lo niflesi, it's not wondrous. Lo rechoka, it's not distant. Lo b'shamayim, it's not in the heavens. 
Lamor miyala lano hashamayma and say like, who's going to go up to the heavens? V'yikachehe lano or bring it to us. V'yashmiyenu also will teach it to me. V'nasena. Sometimes people have that attitude. Torah mitzvah somewhere in the heavens, not for me. V'lo me'ever layamhi. It's not on the other side of the sea. Lamor to say miyavra lano elever ayam. Who's going to go to the other side of the sea? V'yikachehe lano and bring it to us. V'yashmiyenu and teach it. V'nasena. Then we'll then we'll do it. Moshe finishes with his big statement. No. The fulfillment of this is very close to you, it's accessible and attainable. Verbally, emotionally, and to do it. All aspects of Torah. Verbally, saying the words of Torah, teaching the words of Torah, learning. The emotions of a Yid. The actions of a Yid is fully attainable and accessible to every person. Sometimes it might not feel that way, but that's what the Torah is telling us it is. Now, here's the question. When it says, this mitzvah, in Pasuk Yud Aleph, this mitzvah that you might think is so difficult and so foreign in the heavens, what mitzvah is he talking about? Which mitzvah? So there's two approaches to understanding this Pasuk. On a pshat level, it means all mitzvahs. All mitzvahs. There's so many different, there's 613 mitzvahs, and some of them might seem difficult. Some, for some people, some mitzvahs are difficult. For other people, other mitzvahs are difficult. That's another interesting thing. Sometimes we're judgmental on a person. We say, how can you not do that? That's such an easy mitzvah, right? Because for me, it's easy. For them, it's not. They look at me and see the opposite, right? But so one shot approach is that when Moshe Rabbeinu says here in the Torah that the mitzvahs are close to you and accessible and table, he means all the mitzvahs. Ramban, in his, in his Pirush on the Chumash, says, no, no. We're talking here about a specific mitzvah. Which one? Tshuva. The mitzvah of tshuva, which, which requires change. And that's something that many people, or most people, or all people, find very difficult to change one's ways. And that one might think is difficult, is, is way out there. I can't change. The way I am, I'm stuck. You know, I'm good in some things, but what I'm not good at, that's not for me. Ramban says this is talking about tshuva. Now, why? Why would we be talking about tshuva? He says because it's in context. What were we just learning about in the beginning of the parak? We just read together tshuva, right? Pasuk Aleph. Vashivos elovecha, right? Vishafta Hashem elokecha, pasuk beis, you'll do tshuva. So the continuation, says the Ramban, is now that we've talked about tshuva, people are going to look at me and say, that's tough. I can't do tshuva. I can't change. And that's what the Pasuk is talking about and says, no, no, no. Kikaro Vilacha, it's very much accessible and attainable for a person to change and come closer to Hashem. And let's read the words of the Ramban here. It can be close, but very difficult. Yeah, but it's accessible. It's attainable. Right? So, so let's read the words of the Ramban. Vitam ki amitzvah hazos al kol Right? On a pshat level, it means the entire Torah. All Torah, that it's accessible. Says the Ramban, v'hanachon. But the truth of the matter is no. When he's talking about the general Torah, we already said earlier, the Torah was already addressed. When it says here, this mitzvah, this is referring to tshuva. You'll, you'll bring to your heart, we have the mitzvah of Hashem, which is a commandment, and as it's a commandment, it gives us the ability, the energy to do tshuva. And tshuva, really, although we loosely translate tshuva to change, but really, that's an incorrect translation. Because tshuva means to return. Now, return and change is very, very different. Because the connotation of change means to do something new. 
the connotation of return means that I was there already. I just had to come back. That that's such a difference of perspective. Um, when a person recognizes that they have a negative tendency or something they have to work at, so one approach is I got to change. The old me is no good. I got to find a new me. The other approach is no, 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 I'm good and I'm fine. I have a good neshama. I got a little messed up. I have to return to who I really am. When we understand that it's just returning, then we understand why it's accessible and attainable. Because it's not—it's not something new. It's not something different, right? It's something that I have. It's something that's inside. So that's my truth, and I have to return to the existing truth. So it might be difficult, and you know, you no one promised any anyone everything's going to be easy. But it's definitely within my reach and grasp because I'm just returning to something. But let's one more step. So he says he finished in Pasik Yudalit and he said, Kikari Balacha, this is attainable, the ficha verbally, emotionally, and in action. So if all of this is talking about chuva, where's the verbals and the emotions and the action of chuva? Clearly there's three components he's talking about. Right? If he's saying it, the, this mitzvah, which Ramban said is chuva, and it's it's close to me verbally, emotionally, and action, that must mean that chuva contains these three ingredients of emotion, verbal, and action. Says Ramban, exactly. Look at the last paragraph, or second to last paragraph. He says, And I will understand the verbal and the emotional and the action. Because chuva indeed has these three aspects. What's the verbal of chuva? Vidui, confession. That when it comes to tshuva, there's a mitzvah to actually confess one's sins verbally. We say it in the Ashamanu, we say it in the Alchet. That's a verbal confession. That's Beficha. There's an emotional thing of tshuva, which is that a person regrets what they did and decides emotionally that they want to change. They're unhappy. They're unhappy. Tshuva is not just a thing, okay, I'm changing. There's, there's an emotion involved of regret. The Hebrew word for that typically is charata, which is part of tshuva. Just like there's the verbal part of tshuva, there's the charata of tshuva, which is an emotional thing. And I say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy with that behavior because I, I, I can do better than that. I can be closer to Hashem. I can be a better yid. And finally, but what's the essence of tshuva? Is to change my actions. He says, V'yikablu alehem hayom hatorah la'asosa, ladoros. So when is a tshuva really complete? When it has all these three components. When it has the component of the, the verbal confession, the ficha. When it has the emotional piece that I regret and have resolved. And when it has the action piece of actually, of actually changing, my, changing my action, changing, changing my deeds. And that's really um, when tshuva is at its completest form. And of course, as we come to the days of Rosh Hashanah, this is, um, tshuva is always good, and tshuva always works. There's no time of the year that we have that ability to turn, return to our inner selves like this time, because this is the time when Hashem is closest to every year. Pasuk says, Yishayahu, Dirshu Hashem bihimatso krauhu biyoso karov. Call out to Hashem when He's closest to you. Because when He's closest to you, He's most accessible and most attainable. So if the Torah says, that it's kikari v'lacha, it's close and attainable to every yid, especially so, it's in these 10 days, these holy days of the Yamim Niroim, starting from Rosh Hashanah and finishing on Yom Kippur, Hashem should give us all the ability to do a tshuva shleima and be written and inscribed for a good year for everyone, baracha and aslacha and gezunt and all the barachas of Hashem, for everyone personally, for Klal Yisrael, collectively, Mir Hashem, a year of geula, like we have in this week's parsha as well.